Welcome to the Strengthening a Palliative Approach in Long-Term Care Alliance podcast, exploring challenges and best practices in palliative care approaches for individuals in long-term care. Carrie Batt draws from her personal and extensive professional experience within the developmental disability sector to offer end-of-life care, support, and planning for people across the disability spectrum. She helps them navigate systems for equitable and quality health care and provides disability-informed end-of-life and grief support through her business, Soul Care. Carrie also educates, presents, and writes for the disability, death care, and bereavement communities about how untapped the topic of death, dying, grief, loss, and disability currently remains. Welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Thanks kindly. I'd like to start by having you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you became interested in supporting the quality of life for people living with a disability and how you came to have your own business. I've been immersed in the disability community all my life. I have a brother who's six years younger than me who has a developmental disability, so it's been my world. I attended a unrelated workshop by a fellow named Rami Shami. He spoke about his work. At the time, he was working at a hospice for people who are homeless in Toronto and 30 years uh, working within death care. So after the workshop, I approached him and I asked him, wow, you know, 30 years, what has it been like supporting somebody who has a disability at the end of life? He said he had no experience. And I said, I think that's what I meant to do. So I took all the courses and I feel like my life purpose came together when he said that. That's amazing. And I wonder if you can define a little bit for us about uh, what we mean by developmental disability. So you can have a physical disability, a developmental disability, you could have multiple disabilities, and you could add into that equation a mental health challenge. So if you have a physical disability, let's just say you have cerebral palsy, you're walking or you're not, you're in a chair, you need somebody to help you or not. So it's really vast. Autism may, fits into that back bracket, all the way down to somebody who has a developmental disability, let's just say cerebral palsy as well, in a wheelchair, has never made a decision ever in their life in terms of what they're going to wear that day, uh, when they're going to have their teeth brushed, uh, that kind of stuff. So the spectrum is humongous. So that must require an amazing amount of knowledge on your end because I would think you have to learn a lot about the disability and what the needs might be. Your business is Special End of Life Care, so S-E-O-L or Soul Care. Tell me a little bit about the business and the services you offer. So I started off with offering end of life support, education and planning for the disability community, which includes your families, as well as your service providers. And then um, I've added in grief support. And it's kind of like you hold somebody's hand and you walk them through. So you, you start wherever they want you to join. I can start at the very moment when you have a diagnosis, let's just say somebody lives at home, they're 25 years old, they've been diagnosed with cancer, they have, you know, they're blind, they have Down syndrome, they've been at home their whole life. 
where do you go? You don't know. Uh, so you can knock on my door and I will guide you along and navigate. And, you know, the thing too is make sure that you, you get the exact health equity that you are deserving of. And the, the piece to this puzzle is this. I know this because I have a, my father's 82, my mother's in her 70s. And from the day your person is born, you are fighting and you're advocating. So when it comes to taking your son or daughter through end of life or through, you know, terminal illness, you might not have all of that fight, all that energy to ensure that your person gets exactly what they're entitled to. And that's where I come in. I will offer you unwavering support. I'm 100% here for you. Mm. So it sounds like sometimes you're working directly with the person with a disability, but sometimes supporting the family as well. Have they given you feedback about what that feels for them, what it means to have that advocacy? There's a woman who's 94 years old. Her son, he used to live on his own, and he uh, had some brain bleeding over and over and over. And they, the doctors called her to tell her, Prepare for end of life. That very day, I was in the hospital with him, and he had his worker there, like worker from the service provider. And um, I had known this person before the brain booth, and I knew, like, he drove a tractor, and he lived on his own. So when I came in there, I handed him the phone so he can call some people and all that kind of stuff, and the worker saw a whole different him, you know? I'm not speaking just from education, just from what I've learned in the books. I'm speaking from a place of the lived experience. I know the challenges that you've gone through. It sounds like as an advocate, you're really helping other people see beyond the disability. Um, is that one of the biggest barriers that people just can't see past that disability? Um, so when we deal with the death care community, the healthcare community, those groups are not familiar with a variety of, let's just say, communication styles, some behavior, you know, rocking, flapping, making some noises. So would I say that that's the challenge? I acknowledge maybe the person, you know, is doing a flapping, but I also am educated as to why they might be doing that. So I think when you ask that question, what comes to mind is more about once people know why somebody is doing whatever it is they're doing and they're doing it for a reason not just to create noise or something but it's something for them i'd like to talk a little bit about long-term care mm -hmm. and what you see might be the challenges to providing end-of-life or palliative care in long-term care so biggest thing would be the unknown. I teach a basic disability awareness training and um, the participants ask themselves, think about a time when you're uncomfortable and uh, bring that to the disability awareness part because you will be uncomfortable. It's a very humbling experience to say, I I'm not comfortable with somebody, you know, yelling profanities, rocking, making noises. So acknowledging your 
uncomfortableness with the reality of the situation, being honest with yourself, and it's all okay. Because you're, you're going to learn. Once you go through that, you learn, you'll learn why everybody's doing whatever they're doing. Just because you're not familiar with it and because it's not part of your world doesn't mean it doesn't have a meaning and a place for that person. And that's the biggest thing. And that's the, that's the piece that humanizes the person. And that's the key thing in terms of your long-term care facilities is keeping the person at the center of all decisions, of all planning, of all approaches, keeping that person at the center and giving them what they're entitled to, health equity and the best in palliative care. Whether, you know, whether they speak or use their eyes to, uh, to speak to you or whether they use sign language, that's the core, core, core thing of everything. I'm really glad that you brought up decision-making because I think that that's something that sometimes uh, people dealing with someone with a disability might think because of certain things that are going on or certain behaviors that they are not able to make a decision. So there's a Canadian palliative care physician, Kyle Sue, and uh, he's a researcher as well. His big subject is people who have a developmental disability and palliative care. And in his research, he says, don't be um, consumed by the capacity of the person and don't underestimate anybody. You're doing them a disservice by putting their capacity as the core rather than their personhood at the core. Mm. And even if somebody has never said a word in their whole entire life, does not mean that they're not taking in everything that you're saying or doing or how you're treating and behaving everything. What are some of the things that staff in long-term care can do to help teach themselves to see and to help people with decision-making and to better understand what they're trying to say? You know, a big, big thing is this. Find out who the person was before the diagnosis. Find out. Get curious. Ask questions. Find out. Because it will create a picture in your mind. You know, th this fellow who had the brain bleed, that's what I was doing for the worker, is giving him a picture. I said, oh, did you know that he used to uh, mow the lawn on the tractor at his farm? Oh, no. Oh, do you know that he lived on his own? Oh, no. And it's creating a picture that humanizes the person for you rather than seeing somebody lying in a bed rocking you learn about that person and then they become human to you yeah and that's in itself a bit of a challenge because we all know the long-term care frontline workers are really run off their feet to begin with and often they don't get the chance to do this, right? No, and then that's where, like, that's where you have your team, right? So that's where the families come in or the people who know the person best. You know, you put the pictures of what they've done in their life, you know, words that mean something to them, whatever gesture that they know. Think about three top key pieces of information that you need, would need to know about anybody who has a disability in a long-term care thing. The three key things about that person we haven't married up the knowledge that 
people who are direct support workers with their knowledge passed on to the staff who work in the long-term care. It's needed training. The staff are in there just flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah. Describe the training that's needed. What would be ideal for you? That people are versed in the tools and the resources that are out there. There's a specialized palliative care tool kit that's going to be offered in Ontario. And it's specific to people who have a developmental disability. That will really, really help narrow things down for staff working in long-term care. And there's tools for if you're working with somebody who doesn't use words to speak. How do you assess somebody's pain assessment? If somebody has never said a word in their life, and then they come into long-term care, they're palliative, and you need to learn their communication style. Mm. Somebody might use their eyes for no, put their eyes down for yes, close their eyes for leave the room. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the grief support uh, services that you offer as well. Once a person has died, it's challenging at any time, but particularly for people who have looked after that person for such a long period of time. I do a presentation on grief, loss, and disability as well. So these are two very topics that are near and dear to my heart. Grief, loss, and disability has been so unacknowledged. I offer grief support for parents and families, children who are newly diagnosed with a disability, because I'd like to acknowledge that in terms of the, the caregivers. It's the history of grief that they've experienced, right? So they may have been you know, taking their person through their terminal illness and end of life, but the caregiver, it, their grief started a long time ago, and their grief has been so unacknowledged over all this time. So it's about looking back in order to look forward. Yeah. Carrie, what is your favorite part of your work? I genuinely adore offering people unwavering support. I adore being there for somebody 1,010%. It's really nice to be able to say, look at, I've got your back. I'm here for you. This is not about me. This is about you. And this is for you. It's like a little gift unwavering support let's move it wherever it needs to go well carrie thank you so much for speaking with me today thank you you've been listening to the strengthening a palliative approach in long-term care podcast for more information about our project visit spa ltc.ca